You're listening to Girls with Grafts, a burn community podcast created by Phoenix Society for Burn Survivors, a leading nonprofit dedicated to supporting the burn community. In this podcast, we'll talk with burn survivors, share resources to help with supporting and improving burn recovery, and discuss how to prevent burn injuries. Here are your hosts, burn survivors and Phoenix Society's marketing team, Amber Wilcox and Rachel Kudlak. Hello and welcome back to Girls with Graphs. I am Rachel Kudlak and I'm one of the hosts of the podcast. And as you can probably already tell, I am by myself tonight. Um, Amber Wilcox, my co-host, my lovely co-host, if you've been following along, you know, you already know, she recently had a baby. So she is at home enjoying time with her new little one and her husband and just enjoying those newborn snuggles and cuddles, which... I mean, sounds pretty nice right now. Um, so anyway, but today I have a great guest joining me. So don't worry, you don't have to listen to me for the next hour. I have a guest, a familiar guest, I will say as well. So, um, but before we get started, I do just want to give a quick shout out to one of our Phoenix partners. So today's podcast is powered by the Cunningham Law Firm. They are located in Phoenix, Arizona, and they help clients nationwide. The Cunningham Law Firm specializes in personal injury, wrongful death, and burn-related cases. So you can learn more about them by visiting CunninghamLawFirm.com. So without further ado, I'd love to introduce tonight's guest. Um, so we have Tanya Mezenbach, better known as Burn Beauty 2018, on the podcast again tonight. Um, Tanya is a wife, a mother of two adult children, a luminary, a humanitarian, and she's currently living in Atlanta, Georgia. She is formerly a paralegal and a realtor, and Tanya has always enjoyed helping and elevating others. After being burned on over 35% of her upper body and almost losing the battle, nothing has changed and she's turned her pain into purpose and although tanya's methodology is different the end goal remains the same elevating others tanya now uses hair and her makeup tutorials and social media to help inspire other burn survivors in their recovery she wants all survivors to understand that their wounds will heal and that with the right mindset they can and they can and accomplish anything and overcome any obstacle in their past. So thank you so much, Tanya, for joining us again on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes. Well, we brought Tanya on tonight and we're doing a live podcast. So if you are listening live, please enter your comments, your questions um, in that comment section. And if you're listening later, which I know some of you may be, um, always comment and ask away and we'll always get back to you after. But tonight, you know, Halloween was just a few days ago. 
Um, I know it's now November and everyone's in like the Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's and Hanukkah and, you know, the holiday vibe. But um, we want to talk a little bit more about Halloween. So but before we get into that topic, Tanya, I, I know so many people in our community already know who you are. But for those who don't, can you just tell us a little bit more about yourself? Absolutely. I um, I'm Tanya Meisenbach. It's so nice to, to to meet everyone who's tuning in. I um, a few years ago made a post to my Facebook to let people to let my friends know what had happened to me um, that I had been burned. It had been two and a half years, and no one knew. <clears throat> and after I made that post, people had a lot of questions, so I made a video. And then somehow I ended up being a 50-year-old, five-year burn survivor influencer. And uh, things have been amazing. I, I lost my face and I found um, my purpose. And it, it sounds, you know, so, you know, so cliche and things, but it's true. It, it happened that way for me. And I'm uh, grateful for it. So I just do social media. I do. Um, live shows and and uh, content and um, believe it or not I just made a commercial for a company that I can't name but <laughs> I just flew to LA so it's kind of like living the dream just by helping other people understand that our beauty I love makeup and hair I always have you can see it behind me but our beauty is somewhere else you know it, and it shows from from the inside out. And I think it's a, it was a big lesson for me because I didn't even understand it. Um, yeah, but it's amazing, you know, how far you've come in just a few years. Did you ever think, you know, when you first got injured that you would be where you are today? Never. I would have never thought that, number one, I never thought that I would like the way I looked again, my, my entire face was replaced with, with skin grafts, except for my bottom lip. That's original to my face. Everything else is a graft. My eyelids, every literally everything. My eyebrows are glued on. They're eyebrow wigs. They're adhesive. I don't have eyelashes. So think it was a big thing to deal with at 45 years old. And so I thought I would want to go out in public again and now somehow I sit in front of a, <laughs> a lot of people <laughs> and yes. oh, I don't know how that happens yes that's amazing and we as I mentioned earlier you have been on the podcast before you actually even did a little makeup tutorial for us yeah, I so we'll make sure that is all linked below in the show's description in the comments um, as well as your social media because you you go on you go live quite often is that correct yeah. on your socials I do five days a week live on, um, I do a TikTok live on uh, five days a week, um, at 3 p.m. Eastern, and I tell my story every day, And but it leads to a different conversation every day in a way. I don't, I don't pre-plan speeches. I, I tell my story every day because 75% of the people that see you on social media have never seen you before. So it's important that people understand that there is hope. That's the point. So I tell the story, but it'll lead you different places every day, just depending on what's going on in your life or what's happening in the world. Or It's just amazing the way people connect to it because 
It connects whether you have burns or or no trauma or mm-hmm. cancer or what anything. Um, when you tell your story, it um, heals you and it helps other people understand that they're not alone. Definitely, definitely. So if you are interested in listening to Tanya, you definitely have to check her out online. Um, I've listened to a few of your lives and they're amazing. And like you said, I know you share your story every time, but it's always something different. So you can always go back and back and get get some more. Yeah, I don't know how that works, but it does. (laughs) (laughs) No, they're amazing. And, you know, speaking of sharing your story, um, we just got back from, well, it feels like we just got back at least from Phoenix World Burn Congress. And I had the pleasure of meeting you in person and you were talking about open mic and sharing your story there. So can you just tell us a little bit about how your experience at the conference and what it was like? Cause that was yeah. your first time yeah. at the in-person conference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I had never even done it online. I, um, it was amazing because I got burned in 2018 which that's why I'm Burn Beauty 2018 <laughs> <laughs> and Burn Beauty was taken. So I had to add data. I don't know, but uh, I was burned then. And that was, I was in a coma for a couple of months in the hospital for six months, having surgeries throughout 2019. And then COVID hit in 2020 and I didn't have any support. I didn't know to turn to social media. I didn't know about the Phoenix Society. That's part of why I do this today. I didn't know that I could go on my phone and find support, but I had a Phoenix um, peer supporter come visit me in the hospital. And after I after I came out of my coma, but and she um, had survived facial burns and replacement, and she told me. Um, I was feeling pretty low and she told me, well, you know, you and your husband can come every year. There's a big dance. There's a big conference. You can come to, it'll be different places. You can get all dressed up. You can do your makeup. You can do your hair and you will understand that there's people like you. Right. And um, so I was looking forward to it and then COVID came and delayed it. So when I got to go this year, it was, amazing because I've kind of been living in um, like cyberspace, right? Mm-hmm. Like everything yep. in social media until the World Burn Congress. And I got to meet so many people that I've been talking to for years and connection was amazing. It was like meeting old friends for the first time. That doesn't even make sense, but do you know what I mean? No, people, I... I know exactly what you mean. And I, I've shared this before with some folks, but like, I couldn't remember who I had met in person and who I hadn't met in person, because it was so long since we were all together in person and life didn't stop. We didn't stop. We kept going. We started the podcast during COVID. Like we started virtual support group. Like we were still finding ways to connect Right. And then I would see people in person. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is this is the first time I'm actually meeting you. Can I hug you? <laughs> amazing because yeah. I'm in the virtual support. I, I attend that um, every time, really. And uh, and it just it was surreal. It's like, wait, I know you, but I don't. Yep. You know, and and all you can do really is just hug. Yep. And then there's so, so many, many hugs. People. 
so many hugs and so many people that I know in addition to that, just from social media. And it was just mm-hmm. like, wow. And, and there were so many people there that knew who I was and I didn't realize they did. And that was super important to me because I know I have a lot of followers and I know that, you know, I understand that, but to be in a room full of burn survivors and have them know who you are, that means it's, I'm going to cry. That means it's working. That means you yep. are doing it right. And that was, uh, I did not need to, that was a big deal. That yes, you, you are a rock star in our community. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> I don't know, how can, I don't know how it happened. I just, uh, I'm just thankful for it. And I was definitely thankful for the World Burn Congress. I, I will never miss it. Um, the only thing I wish is that we could do it like every, like twice a year, <laughs> you know, because it just like every weekend. Let's just do it every weekend. It felt so good. I felt at home. I felt welcomed. It, it was just, mm-hmm. I've never been in a room full of burn survivors. Yes. Well, I'm so happy you could make it. And I'm so happy we could be together again in person. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it was too long. It was way too long of a gap, you know, obviously with COVID and all, everything that was going on in the world, but it was so, so good to be back in person with everyone. Yeah, yeah it was good. I yeah. love, I love everybody I've talked to is still kind of coming down off of it. I know. I said to someone too, I was like, it feels like it was just yesterday, but then at the same time, it feels like it was months ago. Like it's, it's, I get both feelings. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> me too, but I just, I'll, I'll never miss it. Ever. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we love to hear that. Yeah. Well, and I, I know we're talking about World Burn, and I mean, in two years, we'll be just coming back from the next Phoenix World Burn Congress because that is right around Halloween, which is why um, we're having this special podcast tonight. So I know it's a few days later, but like you mentioned, you were busy doing some awesome things that we'll, I'm sure, we'll all hear about very soon. So I'm very excited for your <laughs> updates. Yeah, you'll see but, in December. <laughs> so make sure you're following Tanya if you want to get those updates. But um, yeah, I appreciate you hopping on today after your live to talk a little bit about Halloween. Um, you know, I personally love Halloween just as much as the next person. It's I love dressing up. I think it's a lot of fun. I'm sure, especially for you too, like the makeup and the costumes. Like it is fun to dress up, in my opinion. And at the same time, though, especially folks in the burn community and those with visible differences, it can be a time, you know, of anger and fear, even um, just because of some ways that folks dress up as mm-hmm. Halloween. So, how do you feel about Halloween? I, I've always loved dressing up. I love doing the makeup. I didn't really get to do a show about it this year because I was on an airplane on all day on Halloween. And um, that's why we're late podcasting. Um, I love Halloween, but, but when you have a facial difference, things are different. Um, a Halloween costume isn't defined by a scar or a burn or a facial difference um, that doesn't define a costume. And a lot of times 
um, I don't think people particularly mean to get into that because we're taught by Hollywood um, Mm -hmm. that, you know, Hollywood special effects, when someone with a, a scar or a burn or a difference enters the frame, that's the villain. Mm-hmm. Every time, like someone with a face like mine is not the leading lady yet. So keyword there is yeah. yet, <laughs> right? Yet, not the leading lady yet. But right now, you know, it tends to be depicted as um as a something scary or bad. Mm-hmm. And if you write down to Scar on the Lion King, it starts early. Mm-hmm. Scar is a villain. And I, when I go out in public, a lot of times kids will stare at me and, and they're just being kids. They don't understand. They're kind of looking and I know they're thinking, is that a nice lady or is that a bad lady? Because they're taught that this is bad on TV, mm-hmm. on costumes, on everything. They're being taught that it's not their fault. And when I talk to them, um, they'll get the biggest smile on their face. I say, hey, how are you? And talk, they'll get the biggest smile, like, oh, sh- mm-hmm. that, you know, close call. I didn't know, I didn't <laughs> understand that. And so when you see the Halloween costumes and someone is duplicating a burn or a scar as part of their costume, that really feels as offensive as it, uh, <laughs> you, you know, you can't, it feels as offensive as pretending to be a different race or a different, you know, like that's not a costume. Mm -hmm. It's reality. Well, and that's, that's been something that's been, I don't know how many years now, but you know, the cultural appropriation of costumes has been something that's been discussed much more in the now than it used to be 10, 15, 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. And that same idea can be applied to, you know, the physical differences, whether it's a scar or whatever it may be. And oftentimes we do think about the face when you think of, right. you know, Darth Vader or Freddy Krueger and these, even right. a lot of Halloween movies, actually. Um, but even like you said, like Lion King with Scar, it's the evil. It's always, in most cases, it's it's shown as evil um, in the movies. So, you know, it does start at a young age. So, I mean, I feel like I've, it, people have been getting better at better of what they're wearing or how they're doing special effects makeup, for example, for Halloween. Because like I said, I, I love Halloween. If you want to dress up like a fun or any character really in a movie, um, but it really starts there. It does start with Hollywood and yeah. you know how scars are portrayed in mm-hmm. film and movies. I, I know in England it's a lot different. And uh, I don't know if it's all of Europe, but I know uh, for sure in England that the British screenwriters, I, I don't know all the details of it, but they do not portray a, a villain is not defined by a facial mm-hmm. difference or a scar, not yeah. anymore. So they've yeah. come a lot further than we have in the mm-hmm. U.S. And uh, that's kind of what I work hard for every day. That's why I keep putting my face out. And this Halloween was really pretty um, difficult. Um, it was, I guess I have more 
visibility this year. You know, mm -hmm. it's always a, kind of a tricky time with the facial difference and doing social media. But now in this third year that I'm getting bigger and I have more exposure, there were so many ridiculous comments on top of that. So not things, it's not always innocent. Mm -hmm. You know, people seeing me doing something and saying, oh no, it's not Halloween yet. Oh mm -hmm. no, it's not Halloween yet. Or um, oh, it, people will go OMG. Or um, I, got called, I got called a ghoul and a morbid monstrum and just things that were, um, I always get, I mean, I'm always going to get trolls. That's going to happen. And I think that's going to happen whether you have a facial difference or a burn or whatever, you're going to get trolls because mm -hmm. that's the way things are. But to be called a monster because of your facial difference, and it really, really ramped up this year, the closer it got to Halloween, the worse it got. It got so bad that I started taking screenshots of it. You know, I don't, I can't read all my messages, but you glance down at your phone, a notification, and it says morbid monstrum. You look at it, mm -hmm. you know, or it says, uh, I don't even know. It was just, it was, it was terrible this year. It was yeah. terrible. No, you bring up, well, thank you. I mean, so much for sharing that. And, you know, there, there will always be trolls out there, unfortunately. But you bring up an interesting point that I hadn't really thought about of while I think we're getting better at maybe the makeup and the portrayal of scars in costumes, but now we have this other problem and it, it's, I'm sure always been a problem, but more relevant now with social media and, and as your audience grows right. that now you're getting more of those negative comments and calling you mean names and you know, especially leading up to Halloween, it's just, I mean, it's just so uncalled for. It, it was really uncalled. I was shocked. I was really just appalled. I I um, did a couple of pieces for Face Equality International because they know that it's coming around Halloween. And that's, mm -hmm. you know, that's for burns or any facial difference, really. Um, and I, I, when they asked me, I had just been looking at my phone at all these messages coming in and they were coming back to back. This is like messages within minutes of each other. And I thought, well, are these trolls or is it like automated? What is happening? Mm. Look at there. You can look at a, at a, at a bio and tell if it's a troll and they were real people. And then a lot of times people now they don't understand when they look at me, Number one, they feel like it's their right to know what happened. <laughs> and and other than, I mean, I have a facial difference, end of story. But I mean, I don't mind telling my story and I do, but um, a lot of times people are assuming things. Mm -hmm. When they see me on a video, they're like, oh, you know, plastic surgery much? Or mm -hmm. that. And I'm always just like my name is Burn Beauty 2018. If you hear what I'm saying, mm -hmm. and I don't understand why you're not making a connection. Mm -hmm. But either way, it's just so saddening because there are so many people, burns or not burns, that are that are going through this just because of a facial difference. Mm -hmm. And, and being, being attacked. So people are getting 
better about their costumes because good people want to do good things, right? You know, when you know better, you do better. But the the social media attack is um, can be unbearable. Yeah, definitely. And and I wonder too if you know maybe in future generations if we are getting better at portraying people in Hollywood and movies and films with that aren't evil with scars or we have more positive portrayals, then those, those comments of calling you a monster won't even be a thought because why the only reason why people with scars maybe are called monsters is probably because at a young age and even at an older age, we were taught that, Oh, those facial scars, that means monster. And that means evil. And that's not attractive. That's not good. That is something you should be ashamed of. What are you doing? Why a lot of times it's like, well, are you doing are you doing your makeup to cover your scars? Well no, I'm doing my makeup to enhance my beauty. Mm-hmm. Just like anybody else. But if I was doing my makeup to cover my scars, it's my business. Yes. <laughs> no, I can do it either way. And in the beginning, I think I did do my makeup to um to to cover just just to try to cover it up because people would stare so much. Mm-hmm. And I think you know, well, I know I did. I was putting on makeup to try to even out the skin tone to keep people from staring. I wanted to blend in. So mm-hmm. I would do makeup for that reason. But that's my business. That's my path to healing. And I don't, and people feeling like, number one, um, okay, well, you're just doing makeup to hide. And then if you don't do makeup, then or, or or if you don't do makeup, then well, you should do something about that. Yeah, terrible. And and then third, when you do the makeup and you take pride in how you look, with the facial difference, some people feel like why why would you why do you you know why do you feel so good about yourself? Why are you? You can never make everyone happy, regardless of what you do. There's gonna be some something to say i mean that can be applied for anyone who wants to wear makeup you Mm -hmm. know if you don't wear makeup you're weird if you wear makeup well then you don't feel beautiful on your own and then like you said when you do feel your best self then people are questioning oh why do you feel so good about yourself why are you so happy with yourself (laughs) but i tell people i wouldn't change it you know i mean definitely it's painful i would rather not endure that um but the whole experience, would I change it? No. Mm-hmm. I know who I am now. I have a different, a stronger sense of purpose in my life. I'm happier. Mm-hmm. And that's what matters. People won't accept it. And, you know, with Halloween, it really stood out this year. Mm-hmm. You know, I was a butterfly. I flew home. I had to fly home from <laughs> I still put on my butterfly wings and antenna and a like a antenna, and I came all yeah. the way home from Los Angeles to Georgia as a butterfly. Um, I love that. It was a lot of fun, right? I, I've been planning it, and then I I didn't know I would be out of town, so I did it, and it was so much fun. And I mm-hmm. think it showed people, you know, I was smiling and happy and having a good time, and I think people felt a lot from it. You know, mm-hmm. like, you know, wait, uh, scars are not a scary costume. 
yep. and a lot of people talked to me and it was good, but a lot of people were still messaging just ugly, ugly things. Yeah. And, you know, it's, um, as an influencer, people will say, oh, just ignore it. Just ignore it. Well, I don't have to. It's easier said than done. Yeah, it's easier said <laughs> than done. I don't have to. I don't have to ignore that behavior unless, you know, unless I want to. And, I, and of course, I, I do advise if you're on social media that you not read too much of it or read too much into it. But at the same time, we're human. And, uh, you know, we, I, I lay down with that at night. I might mm-hmm. see it and not, it's not going to steal my joy for the day. But it might be the last thing I think about before I go to sleep because mm-hmm. I'm human. And uh, I think people um, behind the keyboard don't don't feel like you're real. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't feel like you're real. And I think that when people see you with scars or burns, um, they take a lot of... Um, I forget words. They took a lot of license. They, they make a lot of assumptions. I forget words. Since, I say it since Tacoma, but it's really. <laughs> but I'm going, you've been in a you coma with coma. <laughs> Don't do, yeah, it, that's a, a good excuse for a lot of things. So use it as much as you can. <laughs> but yeah, people make a lot of assumptions about, mm-hmm. you know, how you should you know, how you should feel or, or, or that, you know, can, Hey, what happened to you? You didn't even say hello. My name is Uh, introduce yourself before you asked me what happened to me. Mm -hmm. So it's like, why? Yeah. And for the majority of burn survivors, and maybe not initially when you're still in that early recovery phase, but once you start living and surviving and thriving with a burn injury or any difference for that, any visible difference for that matter, we all have differences, but for any visible difference, we are all for the most part welcome and want you to ask about our stories, but there's a a good way to go about it and then maybe not as good of an approach. Um, <laughs> and we me, engage yep. me. If you want to know, I'm more than happy to tell you most of the time. But mm-hmm. when you walk up to me and say, oh, okay, what, do you mind if I ask you what happened? Yeah, I do. What's your name? You know, and <laughs> there is a, I won't name her, but there's a wonderful Phoenix Society friend that I have, an employee who says, who helped me understand that by telling me that um, she would ask people, you know, okay, well, I'll share my story with you if you tell me something really traumatic from your life first. (laughs) (laughs) And and that really centered my mind on that, on why Mm -hmm. it's so troublesome. And it is, it's like, I don't mind doing it, but why do you assume I'm just going to and you don't say hello? Mm-hmm. And, 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 and the, I didn't see as many people dressed up with scars this year, really thinking about it. I, I, I do think that was that, or of course I was on a plane, I was traveling, but I didn't see as many people defining a character or yeah. being scary with a scar or a burn, but I did get much more of, a, of an attack. Yeah the negative comments versus like the, the public. Yeah. 
the yeah. intentional negativity was there, whereas the costumes, you know, the unintentional things were better. Mm-hmm. And nobody says, well, let me dress up as a scary char- character to, well, I don't think they do, to insult, um, well, somebody does, but anyway, to just to insult Burns. Yeah. No, it's because they're imitating a character sure. that they saw. Yes. It's not a costume unless you're imitating something. Mm-hmm. So it really starts on that level of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, and I do have, we talked a little bit about Face Equality International. So I want to share a little video from the CEO, Lydia. She was unable to join us. I did plan this a little last minute. Plus, she is located in the UK, which I don't know what time it is. I know it's late, though. <laughs> it's probably it, like 10, maybe. It's um, midnight. It's 1230. Yeah. yeah. So she filmed a video for us since I was not going to ask her to wake up in the night or stay up too late for this. So let me let me play her, her message for us really quick here. Love to hear. Phyllis Swift here, CEO of Face Equality International. Um, I'm very sad not to be joining the podcast today, but as you would imagine, mm-hmm. Halloween is a very busy time for us here at Face Equality International. I just wanted to share a little note to say sending strength, mm-hmm. solidarity uh, to anybody who is finding the Halloween period difficult. Um, it can be incredibly triggering for someone with any kind of Mark Scarl condition, which we see all too often on the costumes that come out on Halloween, the makeup, the films that are on our streaming channels right now that are essentially using our faces and bodies as costumes. Um, it's incredibly difficult. That said, I've been so impressed by the the narrative, the conversation that's gone on this year. Um, and there finally seems to be some cut through. I've been banging on about this issue for a very long time. I've been doing this for about eight years now. And there are activists that have come before me that have been banging on about this for decades. And finally, we are seeing news channels like the BBC, like NPR, picking up the fact that There is a whole community out there of people who find this stuff highly offensive. And finally, we're having our voices heard. So just a massive thank you to everybody that has ever shared their story, who has ever amplified someone else's story. Um, Or if you haven't, if you haven't shared your story at all, but you are interested in doing so and off the back of this you might feel inspired what an incredible time to be in the face equality space and in the burns space so hats off to phoenix society for burn survivors um for all of the work that they do to campaign around this issue it's great that we're finally seeing change um, and i can't wait to see what comes next excellent yes yes and you know she brought up kind of things we were talking about, you know, how the films, the costumes, the makeup, but it's so great to hear from her that, you know, she's seen a positive change. You know, she's been doing this, like she said, for eight years, and there's been people even before her campaigning for this. And yes, we there's going to be trolls. And I think we'll probably see, unfortunately, that become more and more relevant and are prevalent right now during the Hollywood or Halloween, not Hollywood, Halloween season. But I mean, 
I, it's great to see that, you know, these bigger news outlets are picking it up and that we are making a wave. Um, definitely. But she did hit on something that I'm saying. She is in London and um, it, they're, they're ahead of us, y'all. London is ahead of the U.S. Mm-hmm. If you're here in the U.S., I know I have followers all over the world, and I talk to a lot of people. I actually had a phone, uh, a Zoom call with her last week, and we talked about it, and I created content, and um, I'm, uh, I believe, going to be an ambassador. I said yes to being an ambassador to face equality for Face Quality International because I so strongly am moved by what they've done, by what mm-hmm. she's done and, and the way she does um, help other um, charities. But the fact that it's different, where are the news outlets picking it up in the US? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to make happen and so are a lot of other people there are a lot of us that have facial differences or burns or whatever it is that are doing makeup that are doing social media that are telling our story and we're doing that so that we can be heard and make Mm -hmm. a change so that um a scary costume is not defined by a burn uh so that the leading lady in a film can have a face like this so mm-hmm. that make a change because you, you can't be inclusive of every you know the word inclusive is a big thing we're inclusive of everyone and everything is okay and you know you know color gender doesn't matter everything is okay except that you know, we don't understand that. There's there's not really an understanding that there is a whole community of burn survivors. There's a whole community of facial differences mm-hmm. that it, we just need to be more visible. And it's not that we're not trying to be. Mm-hmm. So it's amazing work and yeah. so Phoenix society as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'll make sure this it will be in the show's comments and the description, but Face Equality does have a petition right now out to help spread the word about Hollywood and the portrayal of those with phys- visible differences in movies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you mentioned like the UK and England. I'm, and again, I don't know all the ins and outs of that either, but Changing Faces has done so much work and they're part of Face Equality International. So mm-hmm. for those of you too, who may not know, Face Equality is an alliance of multiple nonprofits and organizations from around the world mm-hmm. who have differences. You know, for us, it's burns. You know, for other organizations, it may not be burns, but it's some type of physical, visible difference. Um, and they're yeah. amazing. And I'll be... Um joining as an ambassador as Burn Beauty 2018, but I will be also joining as an alliance with the Burn Beauty Foundation. Oh, that's that's so exciting. I'm very excited about that. I've had a nonprofit um, at, I, for the same amount of time that I've been Burn Beauty, but I did not know how to run a 
nonprofit. So I've kept it active. It's like, you think, well, I know about business. I know how to run a business. I know I'm a paralegal. And then you start a nonprofit and you're like, oh, right. <laughs> None of the rules apply. So having the Phoenix Society and, you know, Faith Equality International being a coalition of all of us, you know, I told her, you know, I have a nonprofit. She's like, I can help you when you're ready. Mm-hmm. And I'm ready next. That's my biggest goal for next year is the Burn Beauty mm-hmm. Foundation. Yeah. Um, and partnering, being able to partner with the Phoenix Society and Face Equality International so that we can petition Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, with any calls, you know, the more voices you have, the more stories you have. That's why sharing your story is so, so, so important. It and, is. you know, for you, Tanya, you're okay with going live on TikTok. For other folks, that may sound so scary, which is okay. Maybe you want to write your story. Maybe you want to record your audio of your story. Maybe you want to draw photos or paintings of your story. You know, we can all tell our story in whatever way is most comfortable with you. But the point is sharing your story can make a difference. And that's why, you know, we are, we do have this petition and we encourage folks to share their story on our virtual open mic or, you know, participate in research or something, you know, there's so many different ways to share your story. And this is just one reason why it's so, so, so important. It, it is. And, and you can do, I started by sharing my story as a Facebook post. And then I made a video to further share the story to my friends. Mm-hmm. And then people saw the video because I didn't know any better that the whole world could see it, not just my <laughs> So people saw the video and they messaged me and said, oh, we like your makeup. We love your story. This is my story. And that's when I understood the power of telling your story. And it was also when I understood what I was going to do with the rest of my life because I was 47 years old and I felt like I didn't have any uh, hope because we're taught that... Mm-hmm you lose your face, then what do you do? I was taught that as well. I've, you know, I've retrained myself. I've mm-hmm. learned, but I was taught the same thing. You know, I can't be anything now. I can't, I don't know what I'm going to do. But when the community came to me after I made that post, I I knew that I could, I could tell my story. And I just started by taking pictures and posting them. And writing how I felt for the day. It wasn't a video. It wasn't a live. And it's just grown and grown and grown into into this because I get so many messages from people. And and the first time I went live on TikTok, someone came on and said, you saved my life. That's the power of your story. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. And I want to bring up too, we have some comments here just from tonight and sharing our story. So Crystal says, thank you for sharing your experience with us. I love your wonderful energy and loved your beautiful butterfly costume. So Crystal saw it. I don't know if I saw that. I'll have to make sure I, I checked that out. I was making a quick post from the airport. I was <laughs> literally, I was going through security and the lady's like, what is all this? <laughs> and I turned around and went, ah, it's my wings. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Thank you, Crystal. She is um, uh, sharing as well. She is working towards building, um, or not working, she is building her platform Mm -hmm. to tell her her story, and that's amazing. 
Yes. Mickey here's also saying awesome and inspiring podcast. Thank you so much. So, I mean, we thank everyone who's listening live or listening later. Um, you know, if, yeah. And talking about Crystal building her platform, maybe that's one way you want to share your story is, you know, posting photos or making a Facebook page and maybe you do just make it for your family and friends to talk about your story. And I've made, um, I've told my story to the Phoenix Society and had it written out for me. I've told each and every story written out. You can write it yourself. You can, there's a lot of power in it though. There's a lot of healing for you and a lot of power and healing. There's a lot of power and healing for you telling it and for the listener. Mm-hmm. And that's how the community is built. That's why the Phoenix Society and all all the nonprofits and the social media, that's why it works. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I want to pull up this comment too from Tiana. She said, you are beautiful, Burn Beauty, and I'm still so grateful to have to to have to got to meet you at World Burn Congress. You're a true inspiration and I love you. I love you, fire baby. <laughs> and your whole family. Say hello to your mom and your brothers. <laughs> it was amazing to meet her. It was, yeah. uh, oh gosh, I wish uh, every when I'm having a bad day, y'all. Since I've been there, I, I think I start to like wish I was back there because it's a community of people mm-hmm. that understand firsthand and. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a thing. It's a real thing. I'll it think definitely that. is. I, I, my first World Burn Congress, um, you know, I had been, I think I shared the story on the podcast before, but, you know, I grew up going to camps with burn survivors. So I had been around larger gatherings of survivors, which for many folks don't happen until they get to that conference for the right. first time. And I still had such an emotional, like, reaction, even though, like, I had I don't know, I guess going into it, I thought I would be okay because I had, I had done it before just on a smaller scale, but there's just nothing like our community when we're all together and we're mm-hmm. taking over the hotel and yeah. everywhere you look, there's a burn survivor or someone with their conference name badge. And you yeah. know, like it's, it's just such a fun feeling. It, it was, it was just amazing. And y'all I'm in front of hundreds of thousands of people and there was nothing like that room full mm-hmm. of survivors. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just nothing like meeting everyone and being in that hotel. There, it, it was amazing. It, it was a, it was a, it was a lot the first day. I was so overwhelmed. I was like, oh, I cannot believe all the emotion is coming. You know, I, how could this be? I've been mm-hmm. doing this for years. I've been talking to people for years, but this was different. It, mm-hmm. it was people. Who, who you know know in person you know they they get it they've lived yep. it well i i got emotional this year which i wasn't expecting uh and i you know i guess maybe because i was a staff person going into the conference and i do this work like day in and day out but then when i was there and i was hearing the stories i just couldn't stop crying one day because and they weren't like it wasn't negative crying. I just couldn't stop crying. And cause I was just like, these are my people, this is my family. And we were all bonded over something, even though 
for the most part, maybe no one in that room knows my story, but I know everyone's story at the same time. I don't know if that makes sense. You you may you probably understand what I'm saying. <laughs> it totally makes sense. And the open mic was the first time I'd ever heard anyone else say some of the things that I say every day. Like I rolled and I didn't go out because mm-hmm. I had accelerant on me. I've never heard another person say that. And I probably heard three or four people say it. And that mm-hmm. was that was like, oh, wait, I just got to chill right now. It was like, wait, this mm-hmm. is, I'm not alone in that. Mm-hmm. I'm not alone in that. And I, mm-hmm. I had no idea. Um, I listened to a lot of other people's stories as well as tell mine. I talked to a lot of people. I, I, I listened to their stories, but at the World Burn was the first time I heard anybody say certain things. And, and they were things that, again, that I say every day, thinking that they are just part of my story, but they're not. Mm-hmm. They're part of our story. That was a big yeah. deal. That was a big thing to learn. And uh, I was, I'm just so happy to have gotten to go because I've been waiting since I was in that hospital bed Mm-hmm. A couple of weeks after I woke up from the coma and I hadn't even looked at my face yet. I couldn't look in the mirror at my face until several months later because I was so scared of what does a burn survivor who lost their face, had their entire face replaced with skin grafts look like. Mm-hmm. All I could picture was Freddy Krueger. And because that's all I knew, mm-hmm. Freddy Krueger. And honestly, it was about a thousand times worse than that. When I actually saw it, it was not the anticipation that was killing me. And you need to, it was the strength of the nurses and the Phoenix Society peer supporter and things that I had been told and people I had talked to that helped me get through that when I did mm-hmm. get my face. I understood a lot of things that I had been told started to fire. And mm-hmm. I don't know what I would have done without that. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks for, for sharing that. And, you know, we, I, I guess it was last season on the podcast, we did have Lisa Gear and Nikki Averton on, um, who've also worked with Face Equality International. And we talked about media and Hollywood and the scar portrayal. And I, I remember I was asking Nikki the one question, I think it was her at least, um, and I was like, well, how do you like introduce a burn survivor into like a movie or a TV show? Like, do you have to have the backstory? And she's like, no, like, what's the difference? And I was like, yeah, you're right. What is the difference? Like, right. why she can't we be characters? Why? And yeah, maybe eventually, maybe in season two or three, we can learn the backstory. <laughs> right, right. You can talk about it later, but yeah. you don't, it's like, you don't need a backstory any more than you need to explain why someone is tall or short <laughs> or heavy or thin or brown or right. But, but we feel like we do. And, mm-hmm. and even we may even feel like we need to explain from our point of view because we're so trained mm-hmm. by, by this whole thing that this is not normal, mm-hmm. but it's my normal now you know yeah well it is right it's, and, it's my new norm. And we all have scars some mm-hmm. are visible some are not 
Some mm-hmm. are burns, some, you know, I got an ACL surgery, so I have a big scar on my knee. Like yeah. no one is staring at that or wondering what's happening there. So what's the difference of my burn scars? <laughs> Why are people staring at that? Well, because they can relate to your ACL mm-hmm. scar. Oh, yep. a scar on your knee I can relate to. So when we change it so that people can relate to it right from the beginning so that the villain in the Lion King isn't named Scar <laughs> and, or with Scar so that that's why it's so important. It seems like a lot of times it sounds like, okay, well, you just can play. It's just Hollywood. It's just Hollywood. It's just Hollywood, but it's not. It's, um, it's a portrayal of a group of people as villains based mm-hmm. on a physical character, based on physical characteristics. Mm-hmm. And we would not let that slide for mm-hmm. any other group. Nope. We, would, we would be alone. <laughs> and we yeah and the only way we're going to make change especially when we are thinking about hollywood is if we join forces and share our stories and have a loud voice and doesn't have i'm not saying a mean voice i'm just saying a loud voice and that's how we're going to make change because clearly hollywood's okay with putting those folks in the movies we just have to change how they're portrayed that's all (laughs) they don't mind putting me in a movie but i can't be the leading lady so we just gotta change that well i'm i'm sure if hollywood called you up and wanted to have you in a movie would you say no as long as like it was a positive portrayal and just asked you hey we're doing this new sitcom do you wanna do you wanna come beyond are you gonna say yes yeah i'm down absolutely all right hollywood we got your first actress (laughs) sign her up she's ready (laughs) 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 find her at burn beauty 2018 (laughs) well and tanya i i know we're coming up here on time and i know we talked about hollywood we talked about halloween we talked about world burn congress talked about makeup we talked about a lot of different things but i do have two final questions for you but before we do that i just want to ask one well so i guess i have like four final questions now but one do you have anything else you want to say on you know the Halloween, the Hollywood topic? And two, how can folks keep up with you? Because I know there's so much going on right now. You're doing so many exciting projects. And I know folks are going to want to know what's, what's next for you. I know. What's next is such a big question. But as to the um, just the Halloween thing, just, you know, be kind. If you're, if you're watching, I'm sure, I feel like everyone who's actually watching this podcast doesn't have <laughs> the problem or listening, watching or listening to the podcast probably doesn't have the problem. But, you know, we, we just have to be good to each other on a lot of different mm-hmm. levels. It's not always about burn survivors. We need to be tolerant and we mm-hmm. do need to be inclusive. And, and, you know, when I go live on TikTok, I've reached 187 countries and there's only 195. So that's amazing. I can spread that far with my message and negativity will spread equally as far. And that's what mm-hmm. we have to remember with social media is such a powerful tool. It's, it's not, it's not a bad thing. It's a way for us to connect the world and Hollywood is not a bad thing. It's, it's a way for us to entertain. We just need to be sure that we 
portray people based on or portray characters based on their character, not their mm-hmm. not their out, outward appearance. Um, I think we are making change. I've done a few things that are upcoming that I'm pretty excited about that um, I'm pretty proud because they're coming out of the burn survivor space and and just here here I am. So I'm excited about that. You can keep up with me always. Um, and uh, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, threads, everything. I'm always <laughs> Burn Beauty YouTube. At, I'm always Burn Beauty 2018 on on all of those platforms. And um, I'm only live on TikTok just because I can't clone myself. Mm-hmm. I'm doing uh, 15 hours live on TikTok every week, five days a week. It's amazing. It's a it, it's, it's a, a lot. lot. It's a, <laughs> And then and and creating content and uh, I and doing it. shows like this for another hour of live content. <laughs> <laughs> I did do a live today from three to six, <laughs> but it's all in the name of um, healing mm-hmm. for me and other people. You know, it it is all in the name of telling our story. It's all in the name of us being represented. It's mm-hmm. all in the name of why can't I be a leading lady? Why can't, why exactly. am I? Because, my, because I lost my face. And it's also, it just feels like my purpose. So mm-hmm. you can always find me there. I always keep y'all posted with uh, any information I can <laughs> at the time. But uh, I'm super excited for the future. I think that things are starting to change. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And you brought up a good point and I totally agree with you. You know, the people who are listening to this podcast and watching us right now, they're in agreement with us. They, they know what's up, but maybe your friends and family don't, maybe your friends on Facebook don't. So share this video, you know, share, you know, Tanya did a great video for Face Equality International, share that on Instagram, share whatever it is, you know, get the word out there. Um, because imagine if everyone listening shared it with one person who may not know about, you know, even the burn survivor community or really understand this topic. And then they share it with another person and they share it with another person. And that's when, you know, the magic happens. I'm a big, I'm a big believer in mani- manis- manifesting yeah. things to come true. And so I'm going to manifest that we're going to get a leading lady, whether it's you, Tanya, or someone else in the burn community. That's all. I, I it's gonna happen sooner That's rather than later. That's all I want. <laughs> Not, it doesn't have to be me. I just want it to happen in my lifetime. <laughs> yes, definitely. Well, like I said, I do have two final quick questions for you. Um, so the first one is we always like you know, we always ask our guests two final questions. They're a little different than the last time, so don't worry. Okay. Um, but our first question is what advice do you have for a newly injured survivor? that it always gets better, that you can't ever, don't, don't give up Uh, and, and don't, but don't feel bad when you're having a bad day. Mm -hmm. Um, It's okay not to be okay. As long as you understand that it is um, a long journey to healing Mm -hmm. because nothing happens quickly after an injury like this. Um, Mm -hmm. And even, you know, quickly is a subjective term anyway. Just don't give up. 
I mean, you're a living testament to that because you said, I asked you at the beginning, if you ever thought you'd be where you were today and you said no. And yes, it took a few years. It wasn't an overnight. You didn't, well, I, maybe you did go viral overnight eventually, but you know what I'm saying? It's not, it's not, you go home from the hospital and then the next day life is back to normal. That's, that's not how it is, but we are the community here and we are here to support you and help you on the journey because right. you will get back to surviving and thriving after ever don't don't give up and talk to another survivor talk mm-hmm. to another survivor mm-hmm. it's super important other people will empathize with you but it is not the same as someone mm-hmm. who has lived it there is a difference That's talk definitely. to another survivor and never give up Yes, that's some great advice. So our final question, it is our Phoenix partner question, which tonight is sponsored by the Cunningham Law Firm, who specializes in burn-related cases. So their question is, what is something you're grateful for today? It doesn't have to be Halloween-related, doesn't have to be burn-related, it can be anything, but what's something you're grateful for? My whole, my life, I'm, I am a, <laughs> that was a big one because <laughs> that's a really big one because I feel so grateful just to not just to be alive, but to be in my purpose. I feel grateful that I figured out or that I was led to turn pain into purpose. And I feel mm-hmm. grateful that I'm happier now than I was before mm-hmm. and that I get to live the second part of my life better. To sum it up, I'm grateful for a second chance. I love that. I love that so much. Well, I'm grateful that you joined me tonight for a live podcast. I know you are a busy, 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 busy bee or butterfly, maybe I should say in this case. Um, But I I so appreciate you just sharing your story. Um, You know, I, I just love everything that you do. And I'm so appreciative of you hopping on here and talking about this topic with me and being vulnerable and, you know, sharing those negative messages. I know that's not easy to talk about, but I, I know you're helping so many folks out there. Um, and I'm just so happy you could join us. Anytime, literally anytime that I can, anytime. I'm always happy to. Uh, I love the community very much. Well, thank you so much, Tanya. Make sure you're following Tanya at Burn Beauty 2018 on social media. Like I said, I'll make sure I have your links in the description. Um, I'll make sure I have links to Face Equality International in the show's description. And at any time, if you have questions, just reach out to Phoenix Society and we'll get you connected. So thank you again so much, Tanya, for joining us. You are more than welcome. And y'all remember, this too shall pass. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Girls with Grafts. If you are enjoying this content, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you in the next episode.